water, clowns, water, turtlenecks, and did I mention water? All on today's show. You all painted up for a crackhead, huh? <laughs> Halloween ain't till mañana. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. We are Just Another Movie Night, and I am Scott. And I'm Joe. And uh, today we're talking trash. Talking trash. Talking trash, indeed. This is where we take the worst of the worst, the movies that people either think are the worst movies ever made, or just movies that can't even remember happened. And we ask the question, is this a bad movie? And if not, what is the worst movie ever made? And today we are talking about, well, let me say this. We're doing Potoween, the second annual Potoween. That's where we, in Halloween time, October, are watching horror movies. And this month, we decided to do, or this year anyways, we decided to do remakes of horror movies we have never seen before. And today, we are talking about Carnival Souls from 1998, directed by Adam Grossman. It has a 3.1 out of on IMDb, out of 10. And it's a remake of Carnival of Souls from 1962, directed by Herc Harvey. Yeah, it's a psychological horror film about a girl named Mary Henry, who survived the drag race mishap. Or did she? And nothing says that movie like remaking it by having a lot of pedophilia. Yes. And, um... So you forgot to mention one thing, that this is produced by Wes Craven. His name is on it. Yeah, we can uh, talk about that. Yeah, so while we're talking about that, I just, well, let me just give you one piece of trivia that I found that, that I have to tell you, because Wes Craven's name is on this. So Candace Hillegoss, who played the orig- in the original movie, she was the lead actress. Okay. She um, saw this movie and she hated it. She warned that if anyone ever sees the words a film by Adam Grossman in the beginning, they should run for the exit. Wow. She also blamed producer Wes Craven for putting his signature crap all over it, saying he should be hung up by his thumbs at Hollywood and Vine for fans to stone because he is he's so devastated the intent of the original. She also thought it was ridiculous that they kept promoting the fact that the star, Bobby Phillips, was from Showgirls, because that movie was so awful. Hillegoss said that she saw Showgirls, but didn't remember which nude Phillips was. I didn't recognize her, maybe because she had her clothes on. Wow. That's pretty brutal. She went to town on them. Yeah. And you know, it's a funny thing. She was offered a cameo in this, but she declined. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Um, I mean, we got a... I would say we have a stuff to talk about here. But I wouldn't particularly say it's about the movie so much as just things around it. Yeah. Um, There's if some you, stuff. Look, <laughs> well, first off, let's just start about how do you feel about the original? I liked it. I, I really enjoy it. 
it's one of those to me those black and white classics horror movies yeah i know that it could easily be knocked down to being like uh, a knockoff movie version of a twilight zone episode type of feel yeah you know, I, I can see yeah. that mm-hmm. um i can see some criticism there i remember we saw um i have seen this movie a couple times the original anyways and i remember we even saw it with uh riff tracks yeah and i was mad about it because riff tracks did i don't like when they choose to do movies that are actually good yeah, I was wondering why they chose this, you know, yeah, that movie it, to do. And they also did Night of the Living Dead and Starship Troopers. And I'm like, you guys do know Starship Troopers is a parody. Yeah. Like, it is supposed to be cheesy. Yeah, that was a weird choice. Yeah, that was a weird choice, and it wasn't funny. This is one of the reasons we stopped going to Riff Tracks. Mm-hmm. Also, Carnival of Souls, I didn't think their jokes were really that great. And the movie is not that bad. I think they're missing the point. And I, I, the whole time I kept thinking that. I'm like, that's kind of odd, riffing on a movie that's actually pretty decent. You should yeah. always go after movies that aren't good to make them f- more fun. Yeah, I agree. By pointing out the bad stuff. Stuff like that. Right. Now, we've we've talked a couple times, and we we're both saying that we like the original. We've, uh, throughout this remake conversation, we've been talking about how people hate remakes. And they go after them regardless. And I keep saying, well, remakes can be good. If you take a movie that has a, a theme that you really like and you don't think it's that great, and you can elevate it. Right. Well, you know, it's funny that Shawnee Smith is in this movie, and she was actually one of my favorite remakes of all time. Oh, The Blob. The Blob. So, uh, but, uh, yeah. I, I mean, uh, this is, I think, well, a prime example of maybe don't remake it. Well, I mean, look, it's not perfect, the original. No, it's it, not. It's I really enjoy it. I actually gave it a higher review than I no- normally do for a lot of these movies. I actually enjoyed it. But where I think that the things could be elevated and you could do new things with it, this movie kind of hinges on almost getting to that, mm-hmm. but then failing overall. It, it's kind of odd because this feels more like a remake of Jacob's Ladder. Than it does Carnival Souls. Yeah, it really does. It has that feel. This one, this also felt like a made for TV movie, also, like many that we've watched in the yeah, past. Yeah, this, uh, well, that's a running theme with these uh, remakes. They all feel like they were either done from television, like as, as an episode of a movie or a show. If you told me this was Wes Craven presents the TV show, yeah, I would believe that. Yeah. Like yeah. a Tales from the Crypt, but with... I remember John Carpenter tried to do that with body bags, and he wanted it to be, like, the new Crypt Keeper. And if that movie's terrible. Like, I, I think body bags is bad. Uh, I, here, look, now we got to talk about Wes Craven. And I guess this is my huge hot take, and we can debate it, and I could piss off a lot of people. Yeah, well, we're not going to do any Wes Craven bashing, are we? Because I have, I have respect for Wes Craven. I, I have respect for Wes Craven. It's just that I think Wes Craven gets this very, very big honor. And I think it's mostly because he made Scream. And then there's so many Scream fans. That's like, it's like the Phantom Menace. The Phantom Menace is everybody's first Star Wars film from a certain age on. 
everybody's first horror film was Scream for a, a huge population, you know, the generations from the 90s. All those kids grew up think Scream is the best movie ever made. And that the director, no matter who he is or what he's done, for some reason is elevated to like the biggest thing ever. Yeah, well, people forget he also did Nightmare on Elm Street before that. And that's fine. But the man didn't even want to be a horror director. He didn't like it. He tried to leave it multiple times, could not leave it. So it was just somebody, uh, a group of theater owners in Boston wanted a scary movie. And my, my uh, boss at that time, Sean Cunningham, uh, said, look, I know you want to be a filmmaker. If you want to uh, write something scary, you can direct it. And you can cut it, too. So that was the sort of premise. But did that lock you into a genre? Yes, it did. Yeah, and, and do you regret that at all? I mean, it's been very profitable for you. It's been profitable. And you've got a chance to make a lot of films. Yeah. But has been it hard for you to go to Hollywood and say, I can do something beyond, as as good as these horror films are? That's very difficult. I I want to do something else. I want to make a love story. Yeah. I want to make... Forget it. Yeah. Forget it. Yeah. They'll say, well, but but we have something here on witchcraft. Yeah. Because we know it'll make money. And we know you know how to do that. Right. Stick to what you know. Somewhere along the line, you have to get that shot to do a, a different kind of film where not that much is at stake. Now, is this in any way that for you, in a sense, reaching out a little bit? Yes. Yeah. I, I think even though my last film was, so Wes Craven's New Nightmare was the 10th anniversary of the whole Nightmare series. Yeah. And I took it completely out of the films and made it about the people who made the film. This is the Eddie Murphy thing? No, no. That no. was Vampire in Brooklyn. That was Vampire in Brooklyn. So that okay, was kind of a, a self-conscious deconstructionist, as somebody called that film. And uh, Scream uh, is very much about the whole world of kids who watch these films and, you know, how it affects their idea of reality. And, you know, it, it's, it's a very intelligent script. So uh, it attracted a lot of really good actors and actresses and attracted me. What do you really want to do? Well, I'd like to, you know, I'd like to be able to be part of a spectrum. And kept getting brought back. And he, only, he came back to do another horror movie with Scream, a lot of his movies were like failing. Like he did like Serpent in the Rainbow and Shocker and some, you know, like I like Shocker Serpent was the, funny. Yeah, people <laughs> under the stairs. It wasn't supposed to be funny, but it was. It's not supposed to be funny. It's it's not that good. If if it wasn't for Nightmare on Elm Street and Scream, I think those are his two giant films. Yeah. But the way that people talk about him is like being the best. He doesn't. He didn't even like doing what he was doing. Even with Scream, he was virtually trying to make fun of all the like parody of his own movies. Mm-hmm. And I, I, that just the, to me, like the way that that got love is kind of just insane. But when there was like a whole time period where they would slap his name on everything, presents mm-hmm. those presents movies are always. Terrible. Yeah, but that's how they got people to watch because you. Yeah, they put his name on it. Yeah. It's like uh, Tarantino would do that a lot. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like an odd thing. Like people like adore it and they go, oh, Wes Craven did something. Oh, it's going to be great. Do they even forget like a ton of his movies suck? Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I just feel weird about it all the time. I mean, yeah, there are some really bad ones in there. I'm not going to lie to you. Oh, my God. Like, we said Shocker right off the bat. Like, oh, yeah. man. I don't know. I mean, I feel like this movie, just having his name on it, kind of, it. I guess it helped the situation for them. But maybe for I don't know. I've never met anybody who's talked about this film for marketing purposes. I don't know. For that's exactly because this doesn't have a cast that's like, you know, well well known. I mean, we do have Larry Miller. 
we do have Shawnee Smith, and then we have this girl, Bobby Phillips, who is in Showgirls, but, I mean, nobody yeah, cares I, about that I, movie. It's I, terrible. I'm not sure. I don't remember her from that movie. I don't recognize her or anything. I wanted to talk about that, too. Uh, I guess we're getting away from the Wes Craven stuff. I, I, that's fine, but I understand that they put his name on here for that selling point, and maybe well, that works. they had to. That's what I'm telling you. They had to, they had to sell it because, like, like I said, the cast... It's not a draw. I mean, like, you're not, you, you don't have any big names in here, you know? Like, you got, you know, some scream queens like Shawnee Smith, but otherwise, you need a draw. You need a reason to get people yeah, there. Yeah, and this makes me think that this wasn't made for theaters. Like, this was either for video cassettes on the shelf, which I'm, I remember seeing the box, or it was made for some kind of, you know, I don't think On Demand was out for the time. I think this is definitely for, like, VHS copies on the shelves or DVDs that make everybody take them off the shelves and rent them. I feel like there's a lot of those movies that get pushed out, and this is one of those. Well, I can tell you the estimated budget for this movie was $2 million. That's that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, that seems really high. What really is strange is that usually on IMDb they'll tell you how much the movie made, and I don't see that here. Because I can't imagine this had a theater release. Right. It was all, it was all rent numbers. It had to be, and and that's a, uh, and I guess if you put Wes Craven on the box, yeah, that's how you sell it. But you're right. Uh, I actually want to ask you about this because when you see Shawnee Smith is in this, mm-hmm. I mean she's from the legendary classic Oscar-winning movie, uh, Who's Harry Crumb? Holy shit! That was dangerous. Danger? Danger's my middle name. I love that freaking movie. Don't you dare go there. Don't you dare. I love that movie. But she's well-known enough. And she's in summer school. She's adorable. No, that's what I'm saying. She's in movies, and she if the horror fans recognize her, why wouldn't you have her as the lead? Do you ever notice... I noticed this about a lot of movies, and I wanted to ask you about this. Do you ever notice that like the lead is always like an unknown, but then the secondary character is like... Somebody everybody knows? Yeah. Why is that? At this point, she had already made all those movies, you know, from the 80s. This was 1998 where this came out. So Shawnee Smith would have been, you know, famous enough. So I don't understand that. I don't understand why they hired that other girl. I I didn't like her. I didn't care much for her. See, I actually didn't mind her. I I don't think it's her fault what the movie's doing. But, yeah, I mean, look, I think that's the craziest part. I, I think that we're talking about these remakes the elevation of like what to do right i think this one is absolutely going in one direction that might be good and i guess we should talk about it a little i guess we should talk about the movie which is what we do on the show we kind of spoiler everything and just bullshit about it mm-hmm. but this movie right off the right out of the gate i, I i'm just gonna <laughs> say right off the bat again right off the bat the movie starts uh with a very very long title sequence which I would say that put it on the list of things that you know to scare away from a movie when you see a very long or a driving credit scene. Yeah. Then you're in for trouble. You're in you're in trouble there. Uh, this one finally gets away, and, and the whole and by the way, this movie wants you to urinate. If you don't if you don't feel like you have to pee every five minutes watching this movie, <laughs> it is not doing its job. Lots of water. This movie <laughs> heavily revolves around dripping water and. Any kind of conversation you can have about liquids. Yes. This movie wants you to know water's important. 
And I guess that's where the problem starts. Now, if you had never seen the original, and this is your first time seeing this movie, if you can't guess the outcome of this movie within the first 10 minutes, you got a problem. Yeah, for sure. Because Detective 101, when you get a scene of setup, and then it jumps forward and doesn't say anything about what had just happened, you know it's been you're being lied to about something or mm-hmm. something's being hidden. And that hidden thing can only be one or two things. Especially when this movie starts off with a credits underwater scene. And by the way, it's the bluest water you've ever seen. Yeah. Like it didn't even make it try to be like dark and mucky or or make it feel like ocean water, which is what we're it looks like you're in a pool with chlorine. <laughs> with bubbles going by and the credits. Very odd choices. And then we cut right to a scene of a little girl. And this is where the creepiness starts. Because everybody's favorite asshole in movies and or everybody's favorite father in movies, Larry Miller, right? Yeah. Larry Miller is a creepy pedophile clown in this film. Yeah, I mean, as if you can't get creepy enough with a clown, they had to make him, like, at, like creep factor 11. Thank God I never saw this before. I saw, like, 10, uh, what was it, 10 Things I Hate About You? And yeah. He's in, that's, he's the father, right? He's in, he, yeah, he's in everything. Necessary in, roughness. I think that, yeah, I think he's in necessary roughness. Yeah, a mighty wind, pretty woman. He, he's in tons yeah. of shit. I'm glad I never saw this first because I would never unsee this thing. There's yeah. some facial stuff in here I didn't. I wish I never saw. I know. Up close and personal on his nose hair. Oof. It was brutal. There is a lot of shots in this movie where I was like, okay, back it up, man. Yeah. Who's working the camera? It, I'm like, Get I don't need to hair. see his freaking back hair and his back knee and stuff that he had going on. I was like, oh, come on. Yeah. Gross. And the opening shot is of him beating a woman while a little girl comes in and watches and she sees a gun on a, on a on a nightstand and he's beating what turns out to be her mother repeatedly and i'm like oh my god larry larry miller and I, I know i never want to never wanted to see this version of you but yeah he uh, he sees that the little girl's watching and then the mother says no leave her alone and that's when he decides to break her mother's neck in front of her that was a crazy, yeah, crazy scene. Yeah. It was, it was like so extra for, I don't know why. It was, I don't know. It just didn't seem right for the scene. But the whole this scene was. This is opening. Yeah, it was, it was a very weird scene anyway, because this little girl is picking roses, which, okay. It looks like she's picking roses out of planters that are like. She is. On a, on a bridge somewhere. She's on the docks because they yeah. live at a bar on the, on the ocean. Yeah. There's so like a bar on the end of the docks where the boat's all park. And, picking you know, roses that probably don't belong to her. I said park, dock, whatever. A dock. And so like, but the weird, this whole entire scene plays out like a dream sequence. Because like, it's one of those situations where you're walking down movie, a long freaking hallway. And the window um, drapes are blowing inward. And it just looks like a Freddy Krueger thing. They weren't bed sheets. No, they weren't bad. They were drapes. They were drapes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Get your freaking life together. So, yeah, she's picking the flower. She brings him in. That's when she sees the head snap thing. But she she actually has the possibility of shooting him. She has a gun. She takes his gun 
But she's scared and she throws him a little. She's floor. a little girl. She doesn't know how to use a gun. We but... then jump forward and see the little girl grown up. Oh yeah, we we're jumping. What are we? Twenty years later. Yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah, twenty years. Twenty years. And we see that her she has a sister, which we weren't told about in the opening, and we weren't sure. We were questioning it. We're like, is this her sister? Yeah, which Shawnee is Shawnee Smith. Smith. Yeah. yeah, and so they seem to have like a really good relationship. Um, but th- th- apparently they're running the bar together, uh, the bar that her mother owned. Yeah. Um, so they inherited and, that, I guess. And I think this night they're talking about leaving and or something like that. And they split up and she says she's going to meet her later. And, of course, she starts seeing a red balloon. So we went... Oh, Pennywise is in this film. <laughs> it was funny. Like, oh, that'd be cool. But, like, there's a killer clown chasing her in this film. But, yeah, the, the the balloon keeps showing up, and she lets it go, and she gets in her car, and, of course, in the back seat is Larry Miller, who sticks a gun in her mouth. Yeah. And says, have you missed me? I thought about you every day. And that before getting... Like super creepy, oh, like looking feeling at her boobs. up, yeah, feeling he, her up and stuff like that. I is. think he calls out her boobs as being like people. <laughs> like I think he mentions them like by name or something. It's creepy, <laughs> and and he tells her to drive, and he'll he'll tell her where they're going. There's a great sped up driving scene where the car is going super fast. And you could tell they're going like 15 miles an hour. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they drive, and it turns out he's driving her. To the docks. Yeah, but why? Also, I would say, didn't they just leave? No, she was standing out on the um, edge of the the like the rocky the rocky point, just breathing in the ocean air and taking a breather. And then so she turns and she sees the balloon strapped to the car or whatever. And so she starts to get like really nervous. She gets in the car and he's in there. So she was just out reflecting, you know, like standing out. On the um, on the cliff on the cliffside, just looking at the water. All right, because my question was the like why he keeps acting like he's going to bring it to a secret spot, and then the secret spot turns out to be where their bar is. Yeah, because the carnival is there. It's near the carnival. There's a carnival. yeah, no, but she was like, "Where are we going?" And he's like, "I'll tell you when we get there. It's a surprise." Mm-hmm. And then they get there, and he's like, "You know, halfway during the drive, she would be like, are you bringing me to my bar?'" Yeah, and you know what's funny is like, so, yeah, it, it's just weird that there's no nobody out there at, at that time where they were she was driving because when she was um, outside on the cliff there was it was light still, and then when she's driving back it's dark. Which would make me think that the bar should be packed. Right, it's a bar. It's a bar, unless so, they closed it. Well, I guess we'll get to the end of this movie and we'll talk about it. But so what she does next, basically, instead of letting him win, she decides finally to slam on the brakes, to to slam on and drive and drive him off the dock, basically sacrificing herself to kill him by jumping over the dock into the ocean. Yeah, she just like you know hightails it out right over the dock, and and so that you can see the car going underwater, um, which sets a tone yeah. for the whole movie. Which automatic it it when the water when the car hits the water, she jumps up in a bathtub, 
and it, it turns out the bathtub is overflowing into the onto the floor, and there's a man pounding on the door, and he's telling her to open up the door. She jumps out of the thing. She th- wraps herself in a in a robe, and she opens the door, and she says, "What's the matter?" And he's like, "You're blo- you're shooting like, water all over the floor. Don't you see that the tub is overflowing, you jackass? Yeah, like." Look at the freaking floor. So it's a wooden, the whole entire place is made out of wood. So there, it, it's going right through the floor. It's like, it reminds me of, um, what's his name? Swearingen? Swearingen's uh, place in Deadwood. Oh, uh, yeah, Deadwood. yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> it looks like a whorehouse. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a bar. It's a cute little, like, seaside bar. But it just has that feel of, like, it could be a whorehouse. Yeah. <laughs> Her, it turns out this is her coat. He, she lives in above the bar. Now, I would say that I don't know if you could get me to live in the place where I saw my mother get her neck snapped by a clown guy. I mean, first of all, no. Yeah, um, how would you, how would you ever, deal with this? I would never stay there, ever. Yeah. But, like, if you're still going to run the bar, like, how could you sleep up there you know how like can you, you how can you stay up there yeah how could you stay in that house in yeah. that, that place i would have sold that bar ages ago now i don't really understand this but she has a co-worker and he i don't think he lives there no he doesn't live there because he's there all the time well, uh he's played by like, one employee <laughs> well and her sister and the sister that's it uh clevant derricks he was from sliders uh if anybody was ever saw sliders before he was in sliders um yeah, he he seems to be the guy who's there to fix everything. The the handyman. I don't know what he his deal is. He's a barback. He was already there when she was in her bathtub. Yeah, and so, because he has to run the bar if she's not there. Like I said, there's only her her sister, and and this guy. But and, the bar's not even open yet. Well, no, but also he makes mention that Shawnee Smith is a singer and she went on an audition. Yeah, and that's why she's not there. So he had to open the bar. So he comes up and he's like, oh my God, it's flooding. So she comes running down the stairs and the literally the water's coming through onto the onto the bar. And I was like, well, I mean, honestly, you, how how old is this place? Like you, you never got any of the freaking like roof fixed or anything? Like that shouldn't be happening. Well, if the bathtub was overflowing onto the floor and it's a wood place... Mm-hmm. It's possible that it would be seeping through the ceiling. Okay, fine, I get it, but it's continuously doing that throughout the whole movie. Well, why? I wonder why. Yeah. And this is where I was talking about. If you can't figure out what's going on right off the bat, I mean, it's insane. I mean, it's so, and I think that's the biggest problem with this movie, is it's very obvious. And well, maybe the original yeah. was too. It was um, for the time, maybe not. But now we become so desensitized toward twists. That we kind of always have to judge things. You're like, oh, it's very obvious where we're going here. Yeah, but I mean, the original actually was creepy. It was creepy. I, I don't know if it was. I don't know if it had anything to do with it being in black and white. But I love black and white movies, and it, oh, it just gives that like feel that like yeah, you know, creepy. This this just kind of was like an after school special. I didn't feel creepy in this, like watching this. Yeah, and I and I would say that that's another like aspect about the original that I like. It's simple. It's a woman walking around in an abandoned amusement park. And we just watch her walk around trying to figure out where is everybody? Why is she doing this? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Something's off. Everything's weird. And so it's a lot of cinematography, a lot of emotional shots. It's a lot of uh, one woman acting. Yeah, it, it, it hinges on this idea. Now, I think this movie does the same thing where it hinges on her 
face and her performance. And I don't think she does a bad job of that, this actress. But the problem is the movie around it needs to showcase her. That's what the original does. The original showcases this actress. Right? And then in this movie, she's surrounded by characters. That's which true. Which is why I said Jacob's Ladder. Because, and I guess that's a spoiler to that movie. If you don't know what, like, there's a uh, Jason Manzukas on uh, How This Got Made. He says... Uh, the Jacob Ladder scenario, right? The Jacob Ladder scenario is if you have to question something where a character doesn't know what's going on in his life and his world, he's probably dead. Mm-hmm. And that's just how it is. And that, and it's it's not much of a like a shock, but since this movie uh, started with a car crash into a lake, an ocean, and water flooding in, and then her waking up in a bathtub, and then being surrounded by the dripping and constant water. It's not fucking hard here. You know, it's not rocket science. It's predictable. The problem is, though, because there's so many other people around, it starts making you question even that scenario making sense. And that's why I brought up Jacob's Ladder, because there could be two possibilities here. And I guess as the movie goes on, we can talk about that more. But there should be maybe the thing that could be changed is not the dark tone because the original was, I think, more about hanging on to life, like clinging to that last moment, and maybe that you made a mistake, and so you're in that purgatory thing, you got to realize what you have done. This movie isn't that. That's where it's really messy. So as we go on with the film, we see that she has a lot of bar people, a lot of, a lot of like, you know, patrons. You know, she's got all those stereotypical uh, bar people that yeah, come like to her. Yeah, like the usual. You got that old man. The regulars. It's like the, the one that's flirty, and she's like, ah, I like it, you know? They're they're very cliched yes. bar patrons. Like, in every movie you see these particular bar patrons. You got the, the flirty old man who's just, you know, dirty-minded, and then you but got... But she encourages it. Yeah, she encourages it. Uh, then you got, like, you know, the other... Another old man who just... Uh, sits and and drinks after work you know like yeah the cliff the cliff clavin yeah the yeah uh norm you got those characters and then you also have the other one setting up the movie so you got some randoms in the backs and then you have one that could be a flirtation there's a guy that's staring at her uh she smiles back of course the other scenario is that her sister has a talent she's a singer she she sings and she sings in the club. Now I got this is like the bar from Naked Gun, like it's just depressing. <laughs> it's just so depressing. Remember that joke where everybody, all the singles, all the newly broken up people go to that bar in Naked Gun and they're singing sad songs. All the pictures on the wall like explosions and like uh, you know the Hindenburg and all these disasters. Yeah, it's like that bar. It's dank. It's very gray. There's water dripping out of the ceiling. Uh, her sister sings a song that's depressing. Yeah, that song was really depressing. Yeah. It's a, it's an odd, odd choice. It and is weird that they went that route because in the original, she's um, she goes to a town, a new town, to become an organ player in a church. Yeah. So that that was just a completely different. Like, okay, what's the opposite of a church? A bar. <laughs> yeah, and and then there you go with that church. It's a huge metaphor. Like, you you kind of should guess, even in the original, like. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, but here's the difference that this this dark, weird feeling doesn't match up with the main actress who is kind of bright in tone. Like her eyes are very bright, you know, smiles very huge. She has a huge smile. Yeah. And it always is on her. And so you kind of feel like oh, you know, she's likable, but the movie around her is obviously doing something else. And it doesn't kind of match. It doesn't in tone, especially since, like in the original, it's her name Mary. Um, her whole entire demeanor was very like monotone. Um, she wasn't very peppy to begin with. Yeah, and also know? she's dealing with so you know something that's like making her feel like she's going out of her mind. Right here, when this character feels like she's going out of her mind, it's kind of not believable because the actress seems so high spirited. Yeah, it's true. You kind of yeah. can't buy it. You can't buy like, it. She just keeps seeing visions of, um, you know, weird. They, they, yeah, they let's talk like about they... this. It's straight up out of. This is where I don't like it because the there's. I think in the original, the things that she sees are virtually like dark figures, like people that look They're zombie-like, but yeah. they look demonic and not really overdone. Just like gray eyes, like dark circles around their eyes. In suits and dresses. Yeah, she repeatedly Just, sees a man. Yeah, and with a creepy smile. And mm-hmm. this, they're doing the Jacob's Ladder thing where there's like a demon that's shaking their heads. Yeah, it <laughs> looks like a, um, you know, something out of Silent Hill. It's exactly you know? Silent It's It even, I was so mad because at one point she goes to, um, to get her car washed. And oh, here's more water. And we have to, of course, see her in her car as it starts flooding. Again, this is in with like the first twenty minutes, and you're like, "God damn it, you're yeah, hammering yeah, it too much." Where it's it. so obvious, they're now. treating like they're treating us like we're stupid. Yeah. And what I really hated was there outside the car window. There's like a demon, and then like its tongue starts washing the window, and I was like, "God, oh, okay, it looks so of all, stupid." It looked really bad. It looks so bad. It, it looked, looked like really bad. You know, one of those. Um, you get that toy, and then like the the lizard tongue comes out. <laughs> That's yeah. what it looked like. One of those like balloons. Yeah, it did. It was cheesy. It was, it was really so cheesy. cheesy. But she's like in. I mean, she keeps having these visions. So like one minute she'll be in the truck, and she'll be you know it'll be flooding with water, like she's gonna drown, and she's kicking and flailing trying to get out. And then she'll have another vision where she'll see Larry Miller. She'll see visions of Larry Miller. Yeah, keep seeing clown makeup on Larry Miller. Which is terrible, by the way. It's terrible. It's actually super creepy. I mean, it's only... He's a good choice for this because it's creepy. His eyes, from his eyes up, and it's like he... And then he's like wearing lipstick. That's it. Like, he he doesn't look like your traditional, like, you know... Do you know know about that clown stuff? Do you know about this, like, this law, this clown law that they have? No. Every clown, you cannot copy another clown's makeup. Okay, but you can at least do your whole face. I well, mean, that's the thing. Like, he looked creepy. You have to make it your own. And each clown makeup. There's like actually like a, a book of clown makeups, and you can't take that clown's makeup. Seriously? It's a, it's a wild thing. I wonder if Steve-O knows this. You know? Yeah, I think he does, because I think I might have heard him talking about it. Like, you have to come up with your own persona oh, wow. of a clown. Okay. And so, yeah, you'll get these weird-looking ones, and they're the ones that you're, you're used to, and they get that hobo-looking one, and 
You know, it's really odd. I don't a, know if there's really does it. How how do do they? I heard it's a real thing. This? What about Poopsie, who's in Publix all the time? No, that was all Jesus. That was I mean, like twenty years she ago. She looked like every. She looked like Raggedy Ann. She had that dress, and she looked like Raggedy Ann. She had that well, mop hair. Well, it's not the suit. It's a. It's just the persona around, and it's usually the makeup is the important part. But it was very generic. I'm sure she got that from somewhere. Oh, I don't know I, about this clown code. I've, hey, I've heard these weird stories about this stuff. It's weird, honestly. Uh, do, do they, when one of them die, or do they they retire it? Is it like one of those jerseys that gets put up in the balcony? <laughs> like John Wayne Gacy's makeup gets put up in oh like a... Oh, my God. Oh, got to retire that one. Can't oh, use that no. one anymore. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Well, anyways, talking about John Wayne Gacy is perfect for talking about Larry Miller in this film. Oh, uh, yeah, Larry Miller's Creep Factor 12. We do, throughout the film, get flashbacks to how insane this relationship was. In fact, we see a scene how she meets him. She's wandering around a carnival, and she's lost her mom. And she bumps into clown Larry Miller, who... Basically, he's trying to sneak her into a funhouse with him. Yeah, that's straight up legit. I mean, you know, just if you're lost and you can't find your mom, the first person you go to is a creepy-looking clown, right? Yeah, and he keeps going like this. He goes, hey, hey, where's your mom? And then she's like, oh, I lost her. And he's like, really? I mean, Want he... Want to go in the funhouse with yeah. me? He literally oh, hi, like that. Yeah. yeah. And so the mom rolls up <laughs> with the daughter, with uh, the other daughter, Shawnee <laughs> Smith. And so... You know that's how they meet. So he's like, the, "Oh, let's mom, go. Let's go out sometime." And the mom's into it. Yes, a clown. But she at a carnival. Yeah, she's so like, I mean, very receptive of this situation. We're like, um, he was just about to take your daughter into a fun house. Yeah, you're and, fine with that. And she's the most over enthusiastic mother in movies I've ever seen. Oh. She's like this. Oh, it's so hard raising two kids by yourself. Oh, yes. Why don't I take you out for drinks sometime? Oh, you know what? That would be lovely. You're not creepy at all. I love clowns. (laughs) And especially when she goes, he goes, who's just your sister? Uh, She like balloons? No, she she doesn't like balloons. like balloons. And she's so, the disdain on her face. Meanwhile, she's holding on to her balloon. Yeah. She don't give a shit. She's holding on to that balloon. She's like, my sister, no, no. Yeah, but if her mom had rolled in at that moment, would she have gone in that fun house with Larry Miller? She was like thinking about it. I, mean, I think I she think took she his arm. Was. I think she did. She was about to take his arm because he put his arm out to like take his arm. And I think she was thinking about it. Seriously, if her mom hadn't rolled in at that moment. <laughs> yeah, honest. I, you would think that her mom saved her, but no, because it gets way worse than that. I mean, talk about a bad judge of character. Yeah. First of all, ladies, she, don't ever date a clown. She ever. leaves later on in the movie. We find out in a flashback that she left her daughter alone with this clown in the house because her other her other daughter got sick. So they had to go to the doctor. Which so, made me think, did, did he do something to her? Well, we never find that out. Never we, find that just, out. I thought that was going to come back, but no, she was just sick, so they took her to the doctor, and they left. They but, left the daughter there. To get her face painted. He, she walks in the room and she finds Larry Miller painting her face like a clown. And she goes, oh, that's so great, sweetheart. Yeah, no, it's and he not. Goes, uh, she goes, uh, will you watch her? I had to take her to the hospital, the doctor. And he's like, yeah, I got her. 
Yeah. He keeps talking like that. He's like, he talks oh, like it's a, in there. Yeah, I got it. He talks like here. a serial killer. Like, he's just, like, so... He, he's, like, almost short and mean, it's, you know? It's crazy. It's it's, he's creepy. a great, great pick It's this. so creepy. But, like, yeah, first of all, this mother, what, what a dumbass. Can you say what, what happens in the sequence right after she leaves the house? So, they're sitting down on the bed. He sits her down on the bed with him. Yeah, and he's saying... Would you like to paint me? And she says, well, your face is already painted. And he says, well, I didn't mean my face. Yeah. Good I, Lord. I am ready to puke from this, yeah, first I was like, of all. Like, ew. Oh, my God. I mean, and this woman, first of all, this mother, what a shit judge of character, man. She's like the worst. Yeah. And you're... I mean, not that she deserved to get her neck snapped or anything, but you, you kind of got to know that wow. carnies are fucked up. I'm sorry. A lot of the time they are. They're like ex-cons. You know, they've had a backstory. They got some shit going on. They, they ain't right in the head. Let's talk about this mother because she, not only does she raise two children by herself, she lives and has those kids above a bar. Yeah. She runs a bar. Yes. And then she dates a carnival clown. Yes, and this is in the 70s. So I guess people were more trusting of carnies back then. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. What would Austin Powers say? Those filthy... <laughs> they smell like cabbage. They <laughs> smell like cabbage and have small hands. <laughs> I mean, it is... It is... I mean, how many red flags need to be dropped in front of this woman to say your kids are going to be fucked up? I mean, I'll never the, forget the little girls picking roses from their potted plants it's in the front so of their the, yes, uh, and they live on the dock. Yes, she so could fall on the lake in the ocean. In she the could ocean die. and die. Like, well, I don't understand this this mothering, but I could tell you from personal experience that my sister and I were like accosted by a carny when we were at it was like a church. It was a church carnival. Okay, and this guy was like. And when I tell you, uh, it, we should have called the police. <laughs> my father, <laughs> it was crazy. my father has a crazy story where I guess we all went to uh, like a theme park. I was too young to remember, but there was a guy dressed like Frankenstein, and he choked my dad. And my dad said, "Like I almost punched this guy out. He started choking me." My my mother took a picture of it. And he's like being choked. Wait, 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 hold on. How come I've never heard this? I don't. You gotta ask him next okay, time. Okay, wait. A guy at a carnival dressed as Frankenstein's I, monster. I feel like it was like a theme park. I think it was like a Disneyland or something. Okay. Something like that. And the guy was dressed like Frankenstein, and he took a picture with him, like pretending to choke him. But he was really choking my dad, and my dad almost punched him out. He almost got in a huge fist fight. I think he was like cursing him out. Oh my god. I think my, I don't know. I just heard the story and I was like, holy you shit. You know, we should just have your dad on the show. I think it was Ken Forey. So. <laughs> not, not Ken Forey. Um, no. Oh. No. I was going to say Jason. Oh. Oh. Um, Kate, oh, Kate Hodder. Kane Hodder. I just blanked and said yeah, Ken Forey. But I, I, it could have been Kane Hodder because when I met Kane Hodder, you said, you should choke us. And he like legit choked me out. And I was like, holy fuck. Yeah, that that, that was insane. Yeah. I think my neck snapped. Like, I, think, I felt it. I think something popped. happened to him like with that whole thing because he doesn't do that anymore. Like, if you ask him at a convention to do that, he won't That's touch good you. because so many people have stories where they're like, oh, yeah. We have a photo of it. Yeah. My oh, whole face my, my is My eyes red. popped out. Yeah. yeah. 
but like honestly uh yeah so carnies but anyway um so what happens after this is uh so she's well we just get more and more of those flat we get here's all you need to know water <laughs> lots of lots of fluids uh they're pouring beer uh, we got to talk about with one of the beer says beer light on the beer. Okay. And this, this is, is also an ongoing joke with oh, us. Because right. in every movie we've ever seen ever, you people walk up to the bar and say, I'll have a beer. I'll have now, a beer. Do you know how generic that is? What kind of beer? That, you say that in real life. The bartender is pissed. Like, I'll have a beer? Are you kidding me? It makes me think of Ferris Bueller when he's like, who's winning the game? Oh, it's nothing, nothing. Yeah. Who's, well, who's win? winning? The Bears. The Bears. <laughs> I just like, What? Like, what the fuck are you walking up here asking these weird questions? Like, Edward R. Rooney. Yeah. <laughs> Dean of students. Two beers. And then, of course, that right up. I'll get you two beers. She never pours those damn beers, by the way. And we could not stop staring at those beers. The beer types. I'm like, no, one trying was to read called them. Schmitz. Schmitz. And then the other one said beer light. And then the other one was like a green tap. I handle. couldn't read it. I know. I wanted to say, I hope it says Bud Beer. <laughs> Something great, you know? <laughs> Um, I just love shit like that. I love generic jokes in movies. I love watching the labels being ripped off in the, each scene and stuff like that. I just love seeing those little fuck-ups, those yeah. little things. I love it, too. Um, when does Bolt arrive in this movie? So, so Bolt was a... Okay, so, okay. There's an... I said it in the beginning. There's a guy in a bar staring at her, and she, like, kind of smiles. Uh, this guy's wearing uh, Mrs. Voorhees' sweater from the Friday the 13th films. He's also got a turtleneck on. Oh, yeah. That's okay. another sign of bad First things. First of all, ladies, never, ever trust a man that wears a turtleneck. I don't care. I don't care if he's one of Hollywood's elite and he's, you know, got this $1,000 turtleneck on. Turtlenecks mean psychopaths. Okay? <laughs> Psychopath. I, we, I think we were in Seattle and that's all I saw was like a hip Well, hip because they're hipsters and, you know, they're in their loafers and they got their sweaters attached to their shoulders and you know that's different it doesn't make it right but if you ever come across a man in a turtleneck just walk the other way because he's a murderer okay well, this guy this guy kind of proves a point a little bit because this we called him bolt because he played bolt in uh, one of our favorite movies called soap dish he it was, was like, the best movie. It's a great movie. Everybody should check it out. It's really funny. It's making fun of soap operas, and everybody's in it, and they're all great. Uh, in so that. great. It's Anyways, Sally Field and, and Kevin Klein. It, it's great. He's movie. playing like the uh, the buff love interest with the shirt off and stuff like that. In that movie, yeah. Yeah. In this movie, on the other hand, he is. He's going. They're going for that tall, dark, and handsome type thing. Okay, but he's like a no. mess. He and he looks like a reject from Melrose Place in this. He does. He looks like he walked right out of one of those shows. In fact, he also looks sus. And I would have stayed away from him just like I would have Larry Miller. He's one of those people that lurk in the shadows and, and like broods. He's he a brooder. He also speaks in poetry. He does. And he... And it is... He delivers oof. his lines like this. To love and to laugh is to never love again. I don't, what the fuck? What? I know. It... He what, doesn't what even that? speak like a normal person. Yeah. I was like, all right, this guy, come on, get him out of the movie already. I'm sick of him. Like, five seconds in, I was like, okay, this is this guy's being brought in so that this actress can take her top off. That's what I, I was thinking. I was thinking that, too, and they, they tried with this actress. 
every scene, she's in the bathtub in the opening, she gets a, um, um, like a robe on, and it's like hanging open. Yeah, and she's and running around in her bra. There's a whole scene where she's in her bra for like a while, and then there's even a sex scene, and just nothing happens. No, she's fully clothed. and It's like they thought about it. They're banging, but... It's... Here's the best part, right? Because what is the theme of this movie? It is her battling with whatever's going on and trying to figure out, and there's definitely references to the opening when she went into the ocean, right? And it keeps us that. So what was what's this character's name? Do you know Alex. it? Alex. It's Michael. Oh, no, oh, her name is Alex. Yeah, but what's the guy? Yeah, Bolt's name. Bolt's character's oh, name catch it. is Michael. Oh. I wonder what Michael is religiously. Oh. Yeah. Okay. In one part, he says, you you have to look. Sometimes the angels are hard to see. Yeah, yeah, Blah. whatever. I'm like, oh, this guy's name is Michael. Oh, no, is he a boat captain? Oh, is this the River Six? Oh no, I I see what you're doing here. Mm-hmm. I get I get the metaphors. I get it. Oh God, she even says to the she even says to him, sometimes I feel like I'm in hell. And he goes, <laughs> that's what he says. The angels thing. I was like, oh my. I mean, God. why don't you just stand there, look at the camera, and tell us what's happening in the movie? <laughs> uh, it, and it every fucking scene really goes out of its way she walks she goes to a carnival it's supposed to not be there and everybody tells her the carnival hasn't been here in 20 years and the carnival's back yeah and she goes walks through the carnival and she's walking by zombies okay here's the thing that would have been cool if they hit it in the background but they show it and in one part they just linger the camera on one yeah, but she. But we're seeing it. She's not noticing anybody. She's not noticing it. And it's like, okay, what is going on with this crazy bitch? Like, she's just like, she's out of her mind. Like, you're you're looking around. She's like literally looking around, completely disoriented, and she's looking right at these zombies. Yeah. And she she doesn't she freak out. Them. She just yeah. keeps walking. It's not about her even seeing. It, it, you either do it for one or two things. It's a scare. Mm-hmm. That, we're, oh, my God, look in the background. There's a zombie or something. Or her to see it and be scared. Nope. No. They don't do it. In fact, the only thing that makes her jump is that a person with dwarfism keeps taking a picture of her. Yes. And he's like, gotcha. Gotcha. Because he's, yeah. That, so, That's a callback to when she met the clown. Yeah. So when she met the she met Larry Miller when he was, you know, at the carnival for the first time, the, the little guy came over and said, you know, smile, gotcha. Yeah. It took their picture, and so she has that picture. And for some reason, I don't know why she kept it, but it's. Bizarre. I don't think she did. I think it's a part of this world. Uh, well, it's either all way. things trying to tell her what's going on. And so she knows she's losing her shit. She's going. She goes to a, a doctor, a therapist, and uh, she's just like, you know, I'm seeing things. You know, I'm seeing that. You know, this guy who should be dead. He's, you know, he's in my my visions. He's in my dreams. He's haunting me. Oh well, before that, that the reason she says that he's dead is because he one of the bar guys that is a normal patron turns out to be an actual cop, and she bribes him by saying, "I'll pay for your beers all night if you do me a favor." And of course, he does it, and he does breaks protocol and does it just for a couple of brews. Um, <laughs> He uh, finds a file and says that guy is dead. And he shows him 
his autopsy picture. He shows her his autopsy pictures of him with looks like uh, concussion wounds on his head or something like that. Yeah, like he got gashed. Yeah. And so she's like, that. I keep seeing him. And she's like, he's like, you know, there might be other problems. That's why she goes to the therapist. Yeah, but you know what's strange about that? It's like this woman literally asks no questions. Like, okay, you see that he's there on a slab. You could see pictures of a gash on his head. Yeah. Like, how did he die? Yeah. No, she doesn't ask that. She doesn't ask that. And, and by the way, she never references an accident until she goes to the therapist. And she's like, you know, ever since the, the accident. And then I went, well, now it doesn't make sense because... If you knew there was an accident, then he must have died in the accident. Right. And, and so then she doesn't know he's dead. Right. So that that's odd. And then the therapist, my, our, this is my favorite part, was Joe says uh, she got really shocked when the therapist is like, she's like, uh, you know all this already. I've told you all this. And the therapist goes, this is the first night I've ever met you. I don't, I've never seen you before today. And she's like, that's impossible. And Joe goes, what? What? <laughs> I was like, holy shit. What? I didn't say what. Yeah, you were shocked. I, I was like, I was you're not, shocked about this? I, I, no, I, I was not shocked about it. I just... I was hoping you were because I it was like... I felt like they were going to drag it out a little longer than that. I th- I was excited because I thought you were really sh- like surprised. No, because I, like, I know I know. I was what's hoping gonna... for that. Oh, I wanted on. you to be like not knowing what was going on. And I thought that would be like a little twist to it all. I'm like, oh, you don't know no, what's going on I know on what's here. going on. I saw the original. It's not... I mean, they changed things around, but they didn't change the basic premise of the movie. I just thought they were going to drag it out a little longer than that. It was just like, boom. Well, that's, that's the thing that I thought... I was hoping that you actually were surprised because I thought maybe they're going to change it for the right way. Because if you're going to update it and you're going to update this story the way that you do it is instead of having like a woman doing a drag race dies and kills people by accident Mm -hmm. is in this thing where she's like being tormented kind of makes sense in this movie she did something to kill a guy that might hurt her sister yeah Right? So why is this happening to her? Right. It was kind of a noble act that she she kind of sacrificed herself to save others because obviously he was in the backseat of her car. He got out of jail. And he yeah, was Yeah, uh, by the way, he was all, he let out of jail mm-hmm. for murdering a woman. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, 20 years he got. It was 20 years, yep. And so he's out of jail and so he could do this to anyone else. He's a maniac. Yeah, so, he like threatens going after his her sister. Yeah, Shawnee Smith. Yep. He does ma- mention that he's going to go after her. And then, so she does the noble thing. She's like, I'm going to take him out. I'm going to take myself out. And that's it. Um, and so she should not be tormented like this. This is my problem. This is where I'm wondering, why didn't they do the fix? The fix is, she actually did something heroic by sacrificing herself. Mm-hmm. Why, this, this whole movie, this whole scenario of what's happening... It, her being ta- tormented by the realization that she's underwater, having the angel Michael coming to her, trying to make her realize the angels. Basically, uh, the sister, everybody talks to her in a way where they're like saying things like, you need to move on. I know you've been through a lot. You need to move on. You got to move away from this place. You got to let this place go. Basically, like, go to the light mm-hmm. is the whole, what seems to be happening in the movie. My problem is, the whole thing, the whole movie should have been happening for another reason. It's either fight to survive, like go back to 
you deserve like to she's live in purgatory for you know yeah, you still... either can go choose to die or choose to live right and then that's the moment they should have chose life mm-hmm. and that's how they could have fixed this movie was by saying that they gave her a second chance this whole movie was pushing her like like larry miller taunting her is the demons trying to pull her to hell mm-hmm. and then it should have been the light pushing her to survive right because she said She's like, one point in the movie, she's just like, I, I haven't lived yet. Right. And I feel like she hasn't because she's been tormented by this fucking guy. And so even like in jail, she's tormented by the idea of the things that she has done. She, It's very obvious that she hasn't loved or she hasn't really been with a man. Mm-hmm. And because of, you know... This pedophile taking advantage of her. This crazy, like, you know, she can't escape this nightmare that, you know, she saw her mother murdered and raped by this, you know, monster. And all she sees in her nightmares is this guy's face. And, you know, he, even though he was in prison, she still knows that he's still out there. You know, he's still alive. Yeah, she can never get over it. She can never get over it. She can't get past it. Um, And so, you know, having to see that, gruesome image of her mom getting murdered she she's all fucked up that's what i'm saying and that's why i don't understand why in the end of this movie she's dead and that's the that's the end here i mean that's what we're getting to we're she's seeing demons she's seeing all these things tormenting her and other people which i don't understand these other souls these other people in her world or who are talking to her, like the guy who works for her, I don't know who they are. It would be great to tell us who these people are right. or give them maybe more of a presence of being good versus evil. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 was, I was a little concerned. I was hoping, oh, my God, I hope the guy that works for her isn't God. You know, oh, they get I, it so I thought, easy. I thought they were too. I, it could have been easily that cheesy. They needed to make it all make sense. Mm-hmm. Like maybe give us a little more of her life before the crash. It, it's it's too obvious. But to have the movie end without changing it just in this way, if you're going to have a whole movie about, like we said, a survivor of pedophilia and of watching her mother die without helping her, mm-hmm. why is she being held like in a purgatory in yeah, the first place it doesn't if seem anything right. she should have automatically been brought to the light as a good person yeah because she i mean she was a good person she didn't hurt anyone or you know she seemed to be living a, a good life and, and when she was a kid she protected her sister she doesn't like balloons right basically she was like no i'm the one although it could be said that she wanted the attention from the clown which is weird but I don't know, you know, I don't know if that's what they're getting at, but I feel like the movie is completely disingenuous in the sense that it doesn't allow her to survive at the end. It doesn't. I mean, in fact, they they end the movie by, you know, they're pulling out the car. Just like the original. You know, just like in the original, and her body is in the front seat, and his body's in the back seat. And And he's got the gash on his head. If you're going to say this is an emotional punch, moment and this is supposed to make you feel something like oh this sucks they they completely undermine it by having two uh cliched cops mm-hmm. one sucking on a lollipop and then joking around about having a car just like this 
and then seeing two corpses inside and not even reacting. Yeah, they're like it's a typical, like you said, like cliche. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, okay, first of all, like, it, it's this literally happened right outside the restaurant, and so when she went over uh, the, the, you know, I guess through the barrier to get over, um, wasn't the barrier broken? Like, didn't anyone notice that something had gone through there? It was weird. She actually jumped what, I mean, it was a hidden ramp, apparently. It, it was a bunch of boxes on a ramp. There was no actual thing to break through. She jumped over whatever the hell was stacked up there. Okay, that, but nobody realized Obviously, that, that someone was disheveled. Did. So, yeah. They uh, did because they found the car. Yeah, I mean, but I'm saying, like, people that work there at the restaurant, it's literally outside. Because Shawnee Smith, you see her looking out the window. She comes in through another door. And for some reason, hasn't seen that there's cops all over behind that place. Right. It's very odd. And she goes up to the window and she goes, oh, there's something happening outside. And this is my favorite. The cops are questioning her and saying, have you noticed that she's been acting weird recently? She's been acting out? Like, what? You could see that there's a man in the back seat. Obviously, something was happening right. here. And they and would there find a gun. gun. Yeah. And he's, a, he's the, an ex-con... And he's exactly. the one that killed her mother. Like, put two and two together. Yeah, why are they... Have she been acting out? If she was, like, dead... Okay, this could have been another twist, right? That she actually committed suicide. And if he wasn't in the back seat, the twist could have been that she was guilt-ridden from not saving her mother. Because that... Like, why else do this stuff, right? And then them ask Shawnee Smith, was she acting out? Was she depressed? Then you could be like, oh. And then maybe the twist is... That the killer isn't in the back seat. Mm-hmm. That would have been another twist where we could have been like, "Oh, this movie is making a little bit more sense." Mm-hmm. It makes sense why she's being tormented, why she's in purgatory. Yeah, because she feels guilt and she can't let go of it. Right. I mean, maybe she still does have guilt, but this movie does not portray that. They don't we, say that at all. We have to talk about one killer shot we liked a lot. Was uh, there's a part in this movie? There's not much because a lot of the the demon stuff or the 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 water stuff it's not anything great but there's one scene where they put her in the little girl dress and they made a big room oh yeah that was cool and she had to walk in the big room it was a big door a big bed and there was a cool like wall statue of the clown but it was melting into the ground and then the ground's paint was the clown yeah, makeup it looked really cool it was kind of a really cool idea it was a cool set piece yeah, it looked good. It looked good. It was one of the one rare things I was like, "Oh, this is neat." Mm-hmm. They didn't do enough with it, but no, it was. It was just neat. A, it was a scene where you know, of course, Larry Miller's choking her, and she's having visions of him. I mean, the whole movie, she's just having visions of him. Yeah, and oh, we didn't talk about the sex scene. No, but like honestly, though, how long has this been happening to her? You know what I mean? Like, has she been having this same like torment? Since she was 11 years old and she saw her mom die, because she would be right out of her mind. She, what, what What do you mean? What torment? You know, just like seeing Larry Miller, I guess, having visions of I mean, him. I'm guessing that she always had, like, nightmares. Yeah. But all of what we've seen since she drove into the water has been a part of the purgatory. Thing. Right, yeah. But uh, there's a sex scene. There's a scene where she's going to the carnival on the boat with Michael. And that's when he's saying all that stuff to her. And she's like, I'm going to hell. And, and he's like saying, you're an angel. And she decides, 
he's not into her at all. Although he's pressing up on her, he has no sexual motivation toward her. He's like an android. But she starts making out on his face, and then he decides, okay, I'm in. So they go below deck, and they start going at it. And we're like, oh, this is going to be a weird... And I kept saying to you, this is an odd place for a sex scene in a film. It is. It really is. And I'm like, this does not make sense to this movie. And then I realized why it was being done. And it was another disgusting creep-out scene where Michael turns into Larry Miller. And yeah. we get to watch Larry Miller in clown makeup thrusting. Yeah, but the worst part about that is that she's literally got her hands going down his back and she's pulling his skin off. Yeah, it's like coming off like a zombie, like yeah. flesh. That was gross. It was disgusting. So, I mean... It's it, going to be burnt in my brain forever, unfortunately, <laughs> this face. You'll be okay by sex next week. clown face. <laughs> You'll be over this by next week. You'll be good. You'll be fine. It, next week, ask me. Do you remember Carnival of Souls, the sequel, and the remake? And I'll be like, oh, my God, Larry Miller. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to say, hey, remember we watched that movie remake? And you're going to be like, no. No. <laughs> I'm really good with this stuff. Usually yeah. I remember and you don't. You know, I got to say, though, I got something for us for our segment that we like to call why we can't have nice things. This is where I read a one-star review and um, a one-ten-star review. On IMDb. God bless them for even having a one star and a ten star. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. This just upset me. So let me just read the ten star because... Wow. It, this, this person had never seen the original. Okay. Well, it says the caption at the title is put aside the original and oh. the horror label and you are okay. Hmm. This is a ten star review. Okay, so here we go. The movie is fine for what it is. It's another exploration of an alternate reality by a character who has a traumatic background and has just underwent a terrible incident. If you are not interested in following the exploration, it can be way too slow. Reading some of the previous comments, you can tell most people couldn't put the whole plot together even after watching the end. Why do some people... Why are some people so limited that they need to know if they are watching present reality, a flashback, or a dream, or as it is in this film, something else? I would agree that the sex scene could have been worked out of a story with a could have been worked in the story with little effort instead of gratuitous the gratuitous way that it was presented. But nobody said this movie was perfect. It's just good for what it is. Okay, let me tell you something. I'm sorry. I have to be an asshole here. You're giving this a 10 out of 10. Yeah, that's the right okay? thing here. A 10 out of 10. This movie is not perfect, but it's good for what it is. Then that's not a 10-star movie. That's a 4-star movie at best. Yeah. You are giving this movie a perfect score, you jackass. It's a kudos for being decent. And it's, that's what these people do. I don't understand. Do you Have you ever seen a 10 out of 10 movie in your life have you ever seen an amazing movie and i mean if you're giving this trash a 10 out of 10 and saying it's good for what it was that's not a perfect movie these people are so ridiculous like i just want to like smack somebody it's like don't write a review if you don't know what the hell you're talking about yeah it's sound like an idiot it's again because this person thought i liked it I want to boost the review up. So I'm trying to boost it by giving it a perfect score. 
That's all these people do. And that's the same thing the one-star people do for every movie. The one-star people go, I want everybody to hate this movie. And so I'm going to give it a, a one. And that's that's this problem. That's why we're doing this segment in the first place. Well, this is the one out of ten. This is the worst movie I have ever seen. Oh, come on. There aren't many movies that are so bad you cannot even have fun... You cannot even have fun watching them and laughing at obvious mistakes or bad taste. This movie is way beyond the Ed Wood kind of bad movie. I mean, I would rather spend two hours watching the summer family vacation video of someone I don't know than having to endure this again. Okay. Damn, that's harsh. It, it, that's ridiculous. That's that's insane. I mean, like, that's bad. Like, this is that bad to that person? These people enrage me. I... I I, I had to look at the. I, I will say this though, I had to look at the time. Because it did feel like it was going on too long. It, I, it, I will yeah. say that it was only an hour and twenty seven minutes, and that's like if you cut out the um, the credits. And also, we watched it with Tubi again. Not uh, we just got one trailer. We got one commercial for. Uh, uh, was it the new um, Assassin's Creed over and over and over again? Yeah. No good ones like the Pampers explosion from a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Whatever w- week that was. Uh, oh, nothing man. good like that. But I did think that, yes, the Tubi commercials made it a little longer. And we cut out the credits. And I still thought, this is like an hour and 40 minutes. And that's too fucking long. But hour and 27. So that's shocking to me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do think it was a little too long. This could definitely have been... An episode of a show, like another, like an anthology show. Yeah, I which, feel that way. Which I think last week, right, was last week's. Uh, it turned out to be an episode of a show. The oh, bucket of blood. Yes, remake. bucket of blood. Yeah, it was actually a, an episode it was on of. Uh, yeah, Roger Corman presents. Yeah, which is again should have been like Wes Craven presents. I I can't. Can you agree with the actress from the original being a little mad about the film after seeing it? Like, I don't think that she's in the right. She was a bit mean. She's a little too mean. I get it, though. Like, I mean, I'm mean when it comes to the IMDb reviewers. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and to be fair, she does sound like the one-star reviewer. Yeah, she does. So that kind of sucks. I, I do agree with her that they're kind of missing the point. I think that's my big problem overall. They definitely could have fixed the point mm-hmm. because I think the upgrade is making it a more of a serious movie. But they really needed to hide the crash into the water. I feel like that, yeah. I feel like the movie needed to be that maybe she was, this was always the purgatory and then we find out what happened. Yeah. Maybe this way it's not so obvious. I I think we've seen a couple movies recently where you have to piece things together. And I think it's it's really crazy because I think there's two sets of people. People who don't want to have to figure it out on their own. They don't like the puzzle. And then there's the other group of people who are like, just tell them. You're like, no, I want to figure it out. You mm-hmm. know, there's those two people. I want to figure it out and don't want to figure it out. And I think we saw a movie recently called Run, Rabbit, Run. Yes. Which was kind of a movie where it was about a puzzle. Figuring yeah, out what exactly neat. is happening, what exactly happened, and it, people hated it, and I didn't hate it. I actually kind of liked it, and I think it was 
a lot of cool, interesting stuff going on in that story, and very daringly ballsy. Yeah. Meta, uh, like commentary, like stuff about, you know, like damaged people. Yeah. And uh, I thought that was really interesting, but people hated it, and it was like that's this that didn't tell you everything. Right. You really just had to pay attention and piece it all together at mm-hmm. the end. And this movie is the opposite, where it's like beat you over the head with the answers. Yeah. And, and to the point where I think it ruins it. I would have liked it better. And I think like Jacob Slatter is a perfect example of doing it right, where you really don't know what's going on. Yeah, you can you kind don't. of figure it out because now we're so used to it. Yeah. But back in the, uh, I think it was the 90s that movie well, came out. Well, when I, I saw this after you and I were, I think you showed it to me after we got married. And I'd never seen this movie. And I was like, oh, wow. Well, you know, like it took me for a ride. Um, there was no suspense in this movie. Like in Jacob's Ladder, I was like, it was, I was filled yeah, with suspense. It needed to be filmed in a certain way. It needed certain colors or a- angles or, yeah. or or more tension shots, better music usage. You know, something, use of silence. And, and it, you need to do things. And I think that's what the original does. Yes. Really, really well. Yes. All of those things. And so, it also helps that it's in black and white because it's creepier too. But It um, makes the cinematography stand out. Yes. There's no cinematography in this movie. No, there's none. It's there's just... no, like you, like you said, no use of good music to help us, you know, with the suspense. It, like, there's just nothing. This movie did nothing for me. And um, I, I just, I can't even give it, I can't I, even give it a mediocre. I, 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 I am going to give it a mediocre. I didn't think this was terrible. I definitely think that it needed to fix itself a lot, but as the remakes go of recently that we've watched so far, this is one's, uh, you know, whatever. It's fine. I don't think it's one of the worst, but it's definitely, right now, it's, uh, let's go to our other segment here is basically, this isn't the worst movie we've ever seen. We both agree. No. It's not the worst movie I've ever seen. So what is the worst movie? And so we started listing in the movies that we've done recently. We've started listing them in order of what is the worst we've seen and what isn't. And right now at number one is still going to be Mortal Kombat Annihilation for both of us as the worst we've seen of recently. I really don't think anything's going to knock that out of the top spot. And we recently knocked to number two Bucket of Bloods remake. That was a piece of shit. Yeah. And then we followed it with April Fool's Day, Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, and Mortal Kombat 2021. So where does this fall for you? Okay. Um, I'm going to say it's right under April Fool's Day. So it's between April Fool's Day and Street Fighter. Yeah. So you're saying number four. Yes. You're adding Yep. Carnival of Souls. That's what I'm saying. All right. I... I don't hate this film. I mean, I didn't I like it. I think this is uh, right between Street Fighter and Firestarter for me. Ah, so what do you? What does that make it? Five or no three? On this list, or on my score? No, on the list. On the list, it's going to be my number five. Oh, number five. Okay. So. Yeah. Yeah. No. I I, I, I don't think it's this bad. Uh, I think it's a little better than Street Fighter. Street Fighter is a oddly cheesy film that it's bad but it's so funny bad this movie is just like 
it's okay. See, that's the thing. That's if how we, I felt about Firestarter too. It's okay. But we had things in those movies that were like interesting to us, and we're like, you know, oh wow, that was cool, or that was funny, or we can make fun of, you know, Raúl Julia's dialogue and stuff like that. We had things yeah, to make fun of and be engrossed by. It's so bad, it's good in a sense. That's right. why Street Fighter is that because Street Fighter is bad. And it's elevated because we're able to laugh at it. True. This movie, I don't think it's incompetent. I don't think the directing is terrible. It's stale, but it's not terrible. It's stale. I don't think the actress is bad. You were saying she was bad. I, I, I don't think she's bad. Uh, I think she's doing what she needs to do. It's just that the movie's not good, like, well done around her enough to elevate it. True. I, I mean... I do think that it's like... It does try to take the original movie and make a little bit of an interesting idea. I'm going to give it a four. I'm giving it a four, too. You said you, you thought it was mediocre. So it's close so to mediocre. Yeah, Street Fighter was a four for me, too. So, I mean, yeah, it, this movie's a four. But, oh, hey, I can say one positive thing. Shawnee Smith did not have an unfortunate hairdo in this. That's true. And she did sing and i didn't think it was particularly the best singing i've ever heard i i was laughing about it because the character is like she's really good but was that her singing for real yeah it had to be so. her singing. was it yeah eh. it sounded like it was done on set like it didn't sound like it was uh pre-recorded no i'm sure it was pre-recorded it, she she Sha- had some notes at some point shawnee smith is hardly in this film you know she she isn't in this film enough i think it's that- really strange she should have been the lead yeah, why did they make her the I don't lead? know. I really don't get that. Because she was already an established actress. We don't know who the hell this girl I, is. I didn't mind. I think that she was able to hold your attention. No, not really. She's boring. I was bored I, by it, looking it, at it, her. It worked for me. It didn't, she didn't bother me so much. Uh, I definitely can't knock her. I've seen some, like April Fool's Day. There's some actresses in there. Oh, I was like, yeah, wow. Yeah. Wow. What were you thinking here? Yeah. Not the main actress. She's the best part, probably, of that movie, too. But oh, yeah. this one, yeah, it could have been so much worse. I think so, too. I think it could have been way worse. So, like, yeah, uh, four, four is good. Four. It, it's so, this one could have been so close to being a decent representation of this source material. Mm-hmm. I, I think they could have changed it. Like we said... If you weren't told in the opening, if she did sacrifice herself and they changed it, that she survives, maybe. Because she just is dead in the end of this film. And that it's a letdown. Yeah, it is. I mean, she doesn't deserve it. It kind of sucks, but yeah. yeah. This has been a debacle of remakes. I mean, good Lord. And I, I, guess, the, I guess the thing is, at the end of the day, I, I defend remakes because I think that there's a definite outlet to make a good movie out of some movies like so every week i've been asking you what's a movie that you would like to see be remade and because this is my idea of like it's possible to make a movie good at that time might be a little shitty all right well say i told you i'm saying dolls Stuart gordon's dolls dolls yeah uh did, what did you say that i thought you said dolls last week did you say dolly dearest dolly I don't dearest well, I'll name. I'll say right now uh, another remake that I I would think would be interesting. I actually think a lot of Charles Band stuff could be remade really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Castle pup- Freak. You said Puppet Master. I already said Puppet Master last week. Okay. Uh, Castle Freak is a, is an interesting one okay. that could definitely be really interesting. An abandoned castle 
uh, maybe a bunch of people go to a abandoned castle, like they 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 get it in a will or whatever, mm-hmm. or they're tourists and there's a freaking monster in the castle. That could be yeah. pretty cool in a remake. Yeah, we have one more episode of uh, unfortunately one more remake, which is I don't think going to be any better. But it turns out in the first episode here, you said uh, the remake you wanted to see was Mask of the Red Death, right? Yes. And it turns out there <laughs> turns is out a, a remake, and we're going to watch that last. <laughs> That's right. I forgot. Okay, so, yeah, Frank Stallone. He's bad movie night all-star. Yeah, I don't even know if this one's actually a remake. We're, we'll talk about it when we watch oh, it. Oh, Lord. So, yeah. Okay. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. You can always find us on uh, Instagram at, uh, at Crafty Misfit or just another movie night. And uh, as always, we want to hear what you think or don't think or movies that we should do or movies that you think are so bad they're good that we should see we'll love to hear it thanks for listening everybody have a good one i feel like i'm going to hell sometimes you have to face your demons in order to see the angels alex it's time to let go i can't i haven't lived yet then why are you here I told you to watch where you're going.